You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. everyone thank you for joining me on another fantastic episode of your dose of death with yours truly lauren rosenberg as always thank you guys for listening each and every week and of course as always i want to give a big shout to my sponsors of course first of all grateful death match skip van alstein and the boys and girls over there with the grooviest and most ghoulish death match gear around with the promo code of death gets you free shipping across the united states Of course, hit up that promo code DEATH for free shipping. And, of course, Billy Ballantyne and the guys at Crimson Mask always have something really cool up their sleeve. And, of course, if you've been recently listening, I have the promo code of Your Dose of Death for 30% off the Duke of Hardcore bundle. Of course, that is an awesome bundle. Shout out to John Wayne Murdoch as well. And, of course, last but not least, and I am an official affiliate sponsor, whatever you want to call of the Toy Hio Show. Toy Hio returns June 19th, located at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. Over 20,000 square foot of to- feet of toys, bringing in the best vendors from all across the tri-state area. Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, Smart Mark Sterling, and Dylan Hornswoggle Postel will all be signing. The show itself runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on June 19th, easily located off of the highway. Come shop at the fastest-growing show in Ohio, live and in person, at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. So thank you to the guys at Toy Ohio for that live read. And, of course, if you're tuning into this episode today, I have a friend of the show. Uh, We are going to chat about a little challenge we did over on this man's podcast, of course. Um, shout out to Faces and Fields podcast. I am chatting, of course, with the one, the only Rafe Houston of Faces and Fields, where, of course, our part one was with um, his podcast where we made our predictions and laid the gauntlet for our cha- to make this for charity as well. So we will find out the charities of choice as well at the end. But, of course, we want to talk about our picks from the Pit Fighter X Battle of the Tough Guys Tournament. Rafe, welcome to Your Dose of Death. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Lauren. Uh, it's very interesting being on the other side of an interview for a change. <laughs> is it, <laughs> and, is this uh, like your first one? Strange, bro. It's strange. I'm not used to it at all. <laughs> I know, right? When I was on when I was on Facing the Fields, it was for me the same way of being the guy who's being interviewed, of course. So, of course, before we get into anything with the picks, actually, I just want um, my listeners to get to know the Faces and Fields podcast better. Of course, Rafe, I want you to just take me through your podcast and just um, what what is the premise? What is the goal of Faces and Fields podcast? Thanks, man. It uh. It started off like really loose, I guess. I'm not really like a person that has like real definitive sort of goals when it came to the podcast. It was just something that I wanted to do. I'm a longtime podcast listener. Um, I live in Perth, Western Australia to anybody that is not in my country. It's the most isolated city in the world, they say. Um, And basically wrestling wasn't that big here, especially when I was like growing up as a kid and stuff. And so I've got a few friends that dig it. Um, my wife will watch it with me. We've got good friends. We'll travel, we'll watch wrestling. We've been all over, but I don't really get like a, a huge outlet without, you know, I guess talking her ear off about it and stuff. And so I was like, I just want to sort of share that excitement with everybody. And it started off with just me riffing on things. And then it became talking with friends and then it, started to become interviews as well. So I like to think that I'm a pretty engaging person and I just try and like have genuine conversations about wrestling with people that like wrestling, be they wrestlers, content creators, um, other fans, whatever. I just try and keep putting out content. And I've, um, 
I've been going pretty hard, man, or at least trying to. Like I started in September last year, I'm zooming up pretty quick on 50 episodes. Uh, and yeah, I just keep grinding, dude. And, and hopefully like I can put out some content that people dig. That's all I'm really trying to achieve, you know? Well, absolutely. Of course, uh, um, it really is an honor for me to have been on your show and make this happen. And now, of course, Same. part two of this crazy shenanigans we are getting ourselves into with um, our little challenge we did. Of course, if you guys did listen to Faces and Feels with my with myself, we did a pick'em challenge for the ICW No Holds Barred Pit Fighter X show, the Battle of the Tough Guys tournament, which happened during WrestleMania week. Of course, it came down to the wire, man. I will admit, and I've watched the shows, and we saw how it unfolded. Let's just say I think we both kind of fell a little flat on a a definitive winner. Let's put it like that. Look, look, look. We, We fell a little bit flat and better than we wanted in picking the actual winner. But when you say close to the wire, I did beat your picks by like double. So I wouldn't say the winner. I understand it's your podcast. I don't want to burn you out there. <laughs> it was 5%. No, so let's play that. I was, I was so trying good. to play it up to all our listeners right now. Look, look, we're we're like, all happy okay. families at the moment because we all need each other's podcasts and stuff like that. But it's time to get competitive. I smoked him. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he didn't it out. Check us out, Faces and Feels. We'll put links in all the buyers and stuff, but you can yes. find us on any podcast thing. Listen to the first part because Lauren and I had a great discussion basically uh, going through his sort of entire, you know, history in wrestling and how he led up to being a podcaster and then into the battle of the tough guys where we grounded out. But we, I had a great time watching this tournament, dude. Like I really liked it. I thought it was a super fast paced, fun time. And, and I know you kind of felt the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing with these pet fighter shows is I want a little variety from no holds barred. I've always been on them about this. And I think the pit fighter shows, I think they have found with the last few a refined formula where it doesn't have to be always the death match variants. It can just be Mm -hmm. good old fashioned shoot fights, which we saw several of times. We saw the unpredictability come out of these shows. Of course, the first round really brought out some great stuff. And then of course the later rounds really were something special. So um, yeah, I absolutely enjoyed both shows and I enjoyed um, getting to watch this with a little high stakes in mind. And of course, um, <laughs> it, it, well, it, it, well, we won't a little bit. We don't have to. We'll uh, write down where we went wrong uh, a little bit. So um, shall, shall I go through the first round real quick? Because I still got all the Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. So in the first round, it was Dominic Garini versus Kevin Koo, uh, a clash between the tag team partners of violence is forever. And dude, it was killer. I've only had, though I know who violence is forever are, I've only had like sort of limited uh, exposure to Kevin Koo. Uh, I'd more seen uh, Dominic Garini. We had both picked Dominic Garini to go over in this one. And that's what happened, but it was like a great, uh, battle where they both kind of showed a bit of catch as catch can going hold for hold and things like that. But in the end, like the commentary was sort of talking about Kevin Koo's injury and his yes. uh, neck or something like that. And then in the end, a friend kind of took advantage of a weakness yeah. in his friend locked on that bully choke and he, he had to tap him out. Yeah. Just sometimes just gotta do what you gotta do in this business. Hey, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's they're both shaking hands and said, you know, may the best man win. And you've got to take advantage of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. We did both get Dom Greeny. Correct. Um, we did. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going. Rafe. Okay. Next up was Brett Ison defeating Daniel Garcia um, via a brutal, chair brain buster um he'd obviously been taking notes on the duke in how he'd finished a few matches in icw and (laughs) this one didn't disappoint man i thought daniel garcia really showed out both guys looked absolutely awesome uh the red death was using like a lot of his speed and mma skills at the end of the day uh the human shock nobody to play with man and it was a it was a brutal ending there 
Yeah, um, I'm going to say this, just kind of a side note on Dan Garcia. I truly believe right now, if you're looking at, like, the independent wrestlers who are representing the indie landscape as best as they can, Buffalo Red Death, Daniel Garcia, is at the top of that list. There is not a single bad match he has had in the last year. Like, he's been he's been on every promotion physically and mentally possible around the country. And, I mean, he literally was a guy on AEW Dark. Him and Kevin Black were both Buffalo boys. Yeah. We're on AEW Dark. Because they're, like, from the, the same crew yes. as, like, Braxton Sutter, like, The Blade and, like, Andy Williams. Those, bu- and, those Buffalo yeah, boys, man. Those yeah, Buffalo yeah, yeah. boys. They, they That is a untapped independent wrestling market just waiting to explode. And Daniel Garcia is absolutely leading that charge right now. They're, he is one of the best in the world right now. I, I can't stress enough. He, he's a champion holder in two different continents. Right? Yeah. Which is incredible he's, to me. He's like the whole package as well. And you can see him getting uh, snapped up and signed by any company, really. He's got the looks. He's got the speed. He's got the technical ability. Like, he's the whole package. He's a, he's a wrestler's and wrestler. I was so. watching this because I'd pick Dyson. I was like, Girl, Yeah, I, say, no, we, I think they both. But it's like, I, I love me, Daniel Garcia. You know, I think for Noel's Bart, he's only done it where he comes out in the MMA trunks. And I'm like, dude. Pop for the trunks. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly right. It, it takes balls to get in the pit yeah. or whatever. Or no, that Eisen, Eisen is an absolute beast. He is a behemoth. Yeah. He is one of the really unsung heroes of that Tennessee Southeast independent wrestling scene for years. And um, ICW No Holds Barred is really giving him a platform to run with. Yeah, I want to see way more KOBK like in ICW No Holds Barred, man. Like him and Nolan together, we'll we'll touch on their kind of interactions, but there's a lot of like gold to mine with those guys. Yep, absolutely, 100%. Um, Next match. Next match was Justin Kyle defeating Gary J with a brutal like powerbomb through like just a wreckage of doors. Yeah. Um, this was awesome. My wife was watching it with me uh, on this first round. It was the first time she'd ever seen Gary J and she's very familiar with Justin Kyle at this stage. Yes. And she was like, who's this dude? He's about to get minced. And by the end of it, we were both Gary J fans, man. I thought he was absolutely firing and we were just like from underneath and we were about it, man. But Dude, what a hard-hitting, brutal affair that was. It was savage. Gary J is a guy who surprises even the newest of wrestling fans with his ability. A guy who, mind you, has made it his mantra that he is unsigned and does not care. He does not care for the big money. He does not care for the contracts. He is nothing like that. You, You book him for your show, he will come in, kick ass, take names, no questions asked. So good. And like, so like they call him stiff robo ginger. Yeah. And uh, it, it was as stiff as it came. The hits between those dudes. It was brutal. He, I, I love me some Gary J a guy who has been absolutely tearing it up on the Midwest independent scene. Guy comes to my neck of the woods. He's in either mid South. He is East coast, West coast, where whatever coast needs him. He is there. But I will say Justin Kyle, he came out swinging. He came out swinging this this match. He sure did, man. It was absolutely killer. Um, speaking of swinging, it was that dude, John Davis, uh, defeating Calvin Tankman via a forearm KO, man. And we neither of us saw this one coming. Oh, by the way, I didn't even give the results for the last one. Uh, we both picked Justin Kyle to yes, defeat we did. Gary. Um, Next, neither of us picked John Davis with the upset win. Well, at least what we felt was an upset win over Calvin Tankman with a forearm KO. And the way this match was laid out is is how that was portrayed. Like, he hit that forearm out of nowhere and just dropped him. Like, it was Where? really, really even, and it just was like, bang. And I was like, is that over? Like, it was crazy. Yeah, no, John Davis, another guy, a really unsung hero of the independence, a guy who's been around for a long time, who... If you get in his way, he, he will smack you senseless. And he smacked Tankman absolutely senseless. 
dude, he looked he looked devastating. Is that dude? Is that he's that is that dude? He was literally that dude. <laughs> like I said, had I known that his nickname was that dude because I wasn't expi- uh, exposed to him, I definitely would have just picked him uh, side unsung. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. I wish I'd spoken to you before I made my picks, but but yeah, Calvin Tankman's an absolute beast as well. No, Tankman so. is, but John Davis was really a, a real sleeper in that match, and I mean, he came out swinging. Of course, maybe Tankman had the shoe fight experience, but it was no match for that dude, John Davis, and his sheer power that was yeah. uh, getting that knockout win. And it was one of those ones where you. you it could have gone any way and it felt like that at the end. And that when you have those kind of finishes, it makes the whole tournament feel more legit because it's like literally anybody at any time. Absolutely. Yeah. The legitimacy was there with this tournament, which we'll get into later, but it wasn't just all glass light to no. it, it was, it was stage, a nice refreshing. No, sure, we haven't seen any glass, right? Like, so where no. we're at at, moment it hasn't been any deathmatch stuff there's definitely been doors and stuff breaking but it's but, just been hoss fights like dudes just exactly exa- exactly 100 exactly speaking of dudes smashing each other it was uh the king of the north dan marf defeating somebody that uh lauren and i dubbed a double dragon boss uh bruce <laughs> santee You'll need to go back and watch the uh, and listen to the other episode to get that joke. But uh, basically, oh, man. and man, I loved. I, I went on a bit of a rant about Dan Marf on that show, but yeah, you did. He just came out, and again, this is another one where my wife hadn't seen Dan Marf, and so she's like, "Oh, that guy's pretty big." When Bruce Santee comes out, I'm like, "Yeah," and then Dan Marf walks through the curtain, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, I know. It's just like terrifying, man. She goes, well, he's obviously going to win the entire tournament. (laughs) It's literally her example. She's like, how can his bandana be that low and have him still see? And I'm like, because he's that fucking tough. He just sees through shit. And she was like, holy fuck. He's a brick. He is a brick wall that you just cannot. And you have to to use a lot of power on him. Dude, dude. And his offense in the cage, like, he would just spear dudes, like just pounce into them and bash them into the cage and stuff. And it's just so visceral. Like it was killer, but the match started off like another super fight, a lot of fast hands and stuff. Uh-huh. In, but in the end, like math is just such a fucking unit. Uh, They're both he, units, man. They're both units, but he just, I mean, didn't Maff is a unit. Knocked him out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Exactly. Just throwing bows, dude. Like it was killer. Yeah, this this one was definitely one I didn't see. I did not see Moff winning, but Moff is a he is a standard bearer for all things ICW no holds barred. He's been one of their cornerstones, so I I, I think I took him for I took him I took him for granted, and I paid the price. And, uh, for that in one. your defense as well, I remember you saying like when we were doing the tips, I was like, "Oh, Lauren just fucked up." You were like, "I reckon it's gonna be." Like Bruce is going to go through, and then we're going to get uh, Justin Kyle and Bruce Ante Super Fight Three in the second round. I'm like, hey, isn't that like the night before on yes. Then and Now? And you're like, oh no, I fucked up. <laughs> eh, I, I live and learn, as they say in the world of wrestling, right? Look, I there's there's nobody more guilty than getting the dates of shows wrong than me because I got very excited to watch the first night of this show, and then I was fucking watching Then and Now, and I was like, I missed you, like God. Damn it. Not that that wasn't a cool show I didn't want to see, but I was very excited for us to start our tournament. So. <laughs> right. But no, um, kudos to Dan Moff, though. He, he brought it this whole tournament, I should say. And I mean, he this was really like one of his crowning moments, this tournament, I would say. Yeah, it, w- it was. And though when I was going through my picks and you kind of had the same idea, we were like, you when you do a tournament like this, you kind of want to like launch a new guy. And so that was kind of my thoughts behind picking Brett Ison. I was like, you know, putting a big stamp on him and stuff. But in watching the tournament play out, I was kind of like, I get why they went with Dan Marf. They're putting that kind of final stamp on him. He's a made man. He's the first winner of the battle of the tough guys. And sort of for now, they're kind of like uncrowned sort of, pit fighter champion so when anybody comes up and 
and beats him, then it's a big deal. Exactly. Which we would then see come down the road, uh, like on No Holds Barred 12. Yes. Uh, Nolan Edwards. Nolan Edwards? No S. Not the S. S. Yeah. As, okay. as, as, as Slack and everyone else loves to point out, but yeah, yeah I'm not exactly. out. It's a very, like, maybe he should yeah. add the S because for some reason, Edward is very hard to just say without it. So yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. He's content. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever he wants to say. Anyway, we'll talk about Nolan Edward right now uh, with him defeating uh, former Drake. mentor JD Drake. Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. What do you think of this one, man? This was, I, I this was my first time really seeing J.D. Drake. J.D. Drake is the blue-collar badass for a reason. You have seen him on AEW Dynamite. You have seen him on AEW Dark. You have seen him on Evolve. You have seen him everywhere you can possibly humanly see this man. And he never ceases to amuse me. And he gave Nolan some good old-fashioned tough love here. He was brutal. <laughs> um, but Nolan has got a heart of a lion, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he, his size, he's not the biggest or the strongest in the room. But all you need is a couple chairs and a couple doors, and you're golden. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, um, it was a, a great match of, like, J.D. Drake just, like, literally – grinding uh, him down and Nolan just being under and under and under until eventually that switch like flicks yes. and he just kind of snaps and then just starts coming back and yeah, knocks it out of nowhere. I, um, really, really cool. I love Nolan's um, headbutt that he does. That, yeah, no. shoot, that headbutt he does. Well, is cool. just so awesome. headbutt, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's awesome. And he did win and the then, headbutt. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, and then when when that's all done, he's kind of like, oh, you know, and and everybody thinks it's maybe going to be this nice moment between him and JD Drake, uh, but not to be kicked in the head, and and so begins like Nolan's journey of being injured as fuck and yeah. <laughs> try to kick his way through the tournament. Um, something I wanted to point out with Nolan is I don't think there was a single busier guy the entire Mania weekend than yeah, Nolan right. Edward. I, I'm pretty sure he at least had two matches a day from the minute wow. he landed to the minute he was done. He was there every single day. I mean, the guy had wars with J.D. Drake. He had an unsanctioned match with Angel Slane, which, by the way, if you've not seen it on Action Wrestling's Have Fun, Be Sad, was brilliant. Angel's Lane, I hope you are listening to this. I hope you understand that you have gained a fan in me in all things deathmatch, hardcore, whatever. And I, I, I know the reaction from that was very well positive. But Nolan, though, is an absolute baller, man. He is a workhorse in the independent scene. There is... You're going to see him get a big contract somewhere in a few years. I, I promise that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty obvious. And I loved as well that everything that you just said in Nolan's presentation, you know, as the, the weekend went on, like he wore it on his face and on his skin and how he carried himself. Like he looked like every single match had affected him. And they probably did. He was... Yeah. He was like not clean shaven. He's holding his arm. He's got the bloody towel over him. Like with every single match that you saw him, he was more and more broken down over yeah. the course of the weekend. And it told this ongoing story of the weekend of just this guy doing everything he can to to grind it out. You know, I mean, the guy also had a, a freaking death match with um, Austin Luke and H two O, which was taped before, but it was on the Subterranean Violence show for H two O. He's doing glass and stuff. I mean, he's he's done tubes. He's done glass. He's done everything humanly possible. Shout out to Nolan Edward, though. He he's really he's one of the most diverse guys in the independent wrestling scene right now. I would say. Yeah, I mean, he's killing it. He's got a great theme song. He's got a killer yeah. crew. Yes. Everybody seems 
respect him. Like, yeah, I think he's doing all the right things. Respect to get he is to go. earned. Respect is earned. That's the theme of him. Absolutely. And in that, we had both. Uh, we'd both picked Nolan Edwards to go for JD Drake, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, it was on to Schlack defeating Ruben Steele. No, Ruben now, Steele. Ruben Steele. Steele. Yeah. Exactly. Replaced uh, Akira after but he got his Ruben COVID. Steel won, actually. Yeah. Ruben Steele won. He did. Yes. Yeah, that's what, what I said. You I said Schlack beat Ruben Steele. I was like. Oh, yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? Jesus, I'm looking at my results here. Ruben Steele with the upset victory over Schlack. Heavy um, metal. Brutal, like DDT through like a barbed wire door. Um, and yeah, he was there. He was not even supposed to be there. So I think we had both picked Schlack anyway. Um, so it didn't really matter what happened with as far as like uh, Ruben went. So we were both out with that one. But man, Ruben and Schlack just killed each other in this. Ruben Steele. For many of you that don't know, he is a standout at the Texas Deathmatch wrestling scene. Of course, if you know the Texas Deathmatch scene, Masada was a real torchbearer for that scene. And Ruben Seal, of course, um, heavy metal wrestling standout. He actually, I believe, later this year is getting his like own like no ring deathmatch show. Oh, really? Like that? Like no heavy metal is running it, but I, I think he's booking the show. Um. But um, he has been really, really doing well with ICW. And um, his, from his wars with Satu Jin to the big upset win over Schlack, he has really brought out the best in Ruben Steele, a guy who I would love to go to a, a thrash metal concert with one of these days and bang heads. And- the first time I saw him, he was in a massive <laughs> Valentine, and he came out with a base covered in barbed wire. And I'm like, oh, this might yes. be, this is awesome. Um, yeah, and yeah, then, uh, with that side of tune as well, you see that barbed wire guitar neck, and he's like grinding on his face and he's shredding on. It. <laughs> but yeah, dude, they they killed each other in this. Just uh, I just the main thing I remember because I mean it's a week or so or whatever two weeks ago now, yeah, right? Um, of the water jugs on the big sticks, yes. headshots. Oh, actually, the whole match just began with them hitting each other in the head with chairs. Like, that's how the whole thing started. This match, sure. I remember, was fairly quick, too. It was yeah, quick. it was. It was like CTE the match and then, like, <laughs> get it out. But, yeah, as I said, it didn't matter. Like, we hit both picks, slack. So when Ruben Steele um, won, we were both, like, eliminated out of that. Uh, yeah, that of the- unfortunately. Yeah, you know, go watch that match, man. That was one of the most brutal ones of the entire tournament. And then I believe we are at the last match of the first round. John Wayne reject Murdoch. versus reject. Yep. This is the one where we both were split. And I'll just put it plainly. I, I bit the bullet on this one. The ace let me down. I love you, John. Um, but Reed Bentley. Not often he does that, man. Not often he does that. The, Reed Bentley came out victorious in this one. And um, I want your thoughts yeah. on this match, Rafe. Dude. Like these two together, I think I remember a story of like uh, these guys having a death match uh, for ICW before it became No Holds Barred. Yes. And it got them banned from a building. <laughs> uh, their antics. And this was like brutal. And obviously, uh, like violence is forever. There's no kind of a friendship once you're in the cage, but this even more so they're stabbing each other with knives. They're like brawling on the bar. They're like all over the entire building. They put out all like pulled out all the stops. He's biting his ear. He's getting pile drived on the bar. They're going crazy. Um, in the end though, man, like, like, Reed kicks out of, uh, I think he kicks out of the brain buster yes. and stuff. But, and then he hits him with the tiger driller. He kicks out. So Reed puts like a glass pane on John Wayne Murdoch and just runs and elbows him through the glass and knocks him out. And it was just just a banger finale match, like for that um, first part. I'll say they, this. they didn't hold anything down, anything back for that. I'll say this, that ending with the painted glass and Reed just doing a bionic elbow on him yeah. just lives in my head right now. I just 
I can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, so I risky. Remember, I remember so also cool. <laughs> that this is the match that led to the infamous Teddy Hart snafu when Teddy yes, Hart. Yes. So the, the crowd. Know, like, I heard like the, like <laughs> people being like, if he comes to our show again, we're, you know, uh, we're going to so, bash him. But so, I was to tell the um, stuff, but what so happened? This, he just walked. So, Teddy Hart had bought tickets to the show. Okay. And he happened to come in late during this match, and the crowd kind of was a little, you couldn't hear the crowd. Like, the crowd wasn't into it. And yeah. I, if you're John or Reed, you're like, why are we doing something wrong? Are we not getting the crowd's attention? And of uh, course, speak of the devil, Teddy Hart's there. And then, of course, John Wayne Murak. Of course, I think you've seen the Twitter clip of him. Yeah, I did. And, was that after the match or during? It was, a, it was after the match. It was after the match. Okay. They, yeah. they finished the match, and it was apparently they were just like, we're going to, we need him out of here. Like, he's here. It's uncomfortable. And of course, you saw the image of Justin Kyle and John Wayne Murdoch basically being like, we'll beat you up. And Teddy's like, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who you are. Being Teddy Hart that he is. Yeah. No, does not deserve a shout out. Um, But basically, as you saw, I literally, and like that needs to be on a shirt. John Wayne Murdoch being like, I'll beat you up or whatever. And, yeah, he, um, he, just, he just said like, I'll beat the shit out of you or something. Yeah. But he's like pointing He's pointing a plywood two by four at yeah, him. It's, and it's just like, um, it became a viral video because I mean, it seemed that he was kind of the cause of concern being around me a week. And um, now this isn't some um, like, Bullshit angle or something, right? No, like this was literally no, 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 like no. kind of got no. into business for no. turning up. Yeah, he he is not welcomed really anywhere, and yeah, it, it should stay like that. Of course, things happen. Exactly. Nobody, no, nothing else needs to be said about that guy. So that is exactly. Totally but it was a viral sensation, so I just want to put that out there in case you're wondering why the crowd wasn't really a hundred percent into that match. There were other causes of concern. Yeah, exactly. Dressing like a fucking idiot. All right, then. Anyway, moving. <laughs> <laughs> he, Round two. Pajamas, man. It's the pajamas. Yeah, he's just the pajamas. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, in round two, uh, it was going to be the clash of KOBK. Kill or be killed. Nolan Edward defeating Brett Ison again with the headbutt. Um, this was this was brutal, man, because he's got the injured arm and stuff like that and uh, kind of shaking hands and hugging and stuff. And he's like, okay, we're doing this. And then Ison just goes for it, man. <laughs> like, he's a shooter. He's a shooter, man. He's a shooter. Yeah, exactly. I, I bet I, we, we bit the bullet on this one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this is where we our big upset happened because we really thought that uh, Ison would be cruising through. But uh, Edward... Um, Edward saw us through, man, and like Ison was murdering him, like for a lot of it, like just shots with tables and I mean, saw it with doors and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> Edward like remained uh, defiant and like kind of kept doing what he does. Did that same thing where he, he starts getting worked up and there, and then he just knocked him out, and it was yep. it was brutal. And then they were still brothers. I was still hugging it out after, but I love the match. uh, Yeah, KOBK, Killer B Kills, of course. It's the collective group that is Nolan Edward, Brett Eisen, Akira, Most. Shout out to Most, a guy who is a commentator extraordinaire, has worked for Action, who has worked for several promotions representing Killer B Kills. Actually, I have my hat somewhere in my room. Oh, nice. So I, I almost represent Kill or Be Killed because I love that mantra. So um, that's cool. They're they're a cool group, but Ison and Nolan they're they're like brothers in arms, and that was one hell of a war they put on. Oh, I just remember just well. Remember when uh like Ison goes for like I don't know a back fist or like a close on or something, and Nolan jumped off the cage. Yes. Like he, he he runs past him, jumps onto it, and then propels himself off. That was wild. That <laughs> was that was absolutely yeah, yeah. wild, man. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. That was sick. But yeah, anyway, so um great story um between Ison and 
uh, an Edward, but Edward goes through to the next round. Um, then we're on to Dominic Garini, and he's defeated that dude, John Davis, with the choke out. Yeah. Um, just, again, all these matches, short and sweet, to the point. Um, they started, they, they did like a lot of mat work and stuff like that, but it was over pretty quick, man. Um, in the end, like despite like some, you know, kind of rapid fire hits and stuff. Yeah. Uh, DG proves to be like the mat technician and gets that bully choking. Dominic, man, he, he, he just finds ways to beat you. He's, he ain't the bone collector as a joke. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. we said that because I've watched him grow. From yes, this this guy who who comes out with a purple belt, who got trained by, who happened to be trained by Gargano and Candice LeRae, to this absolute killer who has utilized his BJJ skills to basically break limbs, take bones, and be as badass as he can be. Um, he's collecting belts. He is collecting bones. He is collecting everything possible. <laughs> whatsoever. So Dom Green winning this match does not surprise me one bit. No, well, well, now I think about it, you actually picked him uh, to go on over who we both thought would be Calvin Tankman. So yes. you got one over me on this one. I sure did. <laughs> okay. And then speaking of people getting one over the other, it was me getting one over you when Dan Marf defeated Justin Pyle with a chair drop kick. Now I want to say that wasn't just a chair drop kick because it was a burning hammer. Yes. Then Justin Pyle pops up raging like crazy. So, so Dan Marth throws a chair into him and then runs and double drop kicks him like foot, feet first into the cage. I thought the entire thing was going to come down when they hit it. <laughs> and it was like literally brutal, man. These two were just killing each other and I loved every second of it. Oh yeah, that's right. That was that was Kyle trying to get that second win, but damn, I was like, not today, boy, yeah, yeah, not today. Definitely. Like nobody, nobody's no selling like the burning hammer. <laughs> like, that's like, so rare for me yeah. to see anyone no sell a burning hammer. I just want to point that out. Throw like, a table, like <laughs> like, like burning hammer, throw a table, and then he just pops up like rah. But then before he can do anything, chair into him. I don't. I I don't often expect to see Dan Muff doing a double drop kick either. <laughs> it just drills it, 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 it always kind of weirds me out seeing someone like a burning hammer is one of those moves I, I just would never no sell. But hey, if, if it works, it works. Let's put it like that. It was it was sick though. Like it was, it was a really really cool fight. It was, it uh, we we then jump on to. Uh, Reed Bentley defeating heavy metal Ruben Steele. Sorry, by God, Reed Bentley defeating Ruben Steele uh, with a brutal tiger driller, like through like this barbed wire table. Uh, they were up like on this weird, it's like two kegs with a, a Japanese yes. door. And then they went sideways, like off through these, this barbed wire door over to, it was like brutal. Like he could barely even get the pin because they were all caught in the barbed wire too much. Yeah. But the entire match was like, like Ruben Steele for somebody that wasn't even supposed to be here, like really made a huge impression and huge impact in this tournament. Yeah, he did. I mean, Ruben Steele is a guy who literally came to, ICW no holds barred, a guy who literally was in Texas. Like, mind you, he was in his Texas deathmatch bubble. Because there's still a lot of good deathmatch wrestling down there. Masada really opened up that scene to uh, the mass yeah. masses. And Ruben Seal was that next guy to be like, I'm going to take my talents to ICW no holds bar. And you see, he has impressed a ton. Ton. Yeah. You can see why they're getting him back there, get, giving him upset wins and stuff. He's making a huge uh, impact. And for anybody that hasn't seen No, no Holds Barred 12, which came later, him and Sato Jin uh, went to war, man. Like it was an absolutely brutal match. Did you get a chance to catch that one, Lauren? Which one? The Ruben Reed? Uh, uh, no, no, the Ruben Steele versus Sato Jin at No Holds yes. Barred 12. I did. That was brutal. It was just, it was just like the, it was an encore of their pit fighter. Did Ruben's debut at pit fighter. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I was like, eh, they're just going to kill each other. You know, no big deal. It's, it's, it's Ruben Steele, Satu Jin. You give them whatever they want to do. You know, they call it a home run derby for, for a reason. I was just swinging on each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, I managed to get one over you there because I picked Reed Bentley. So then we jump on to the semifinals, and it is the King of the North, Dan Marv, defeating Dominic Garini. Another win for me, Lauren. Uh, and <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, and it, it was really interesting because it was a, like a huge clash of styles. Dominic Garini knew that he wasn't going to be able to go head-to-head with Dan Marth. So he was on his back. He was trying like the MMA techniques. Uh, Dan Marth got in there, went a few holds and stuff. But in the end, it uh, ended up being Dan Marth's match. And Kevin Koo actually threw in the towel to end this match. Yes, he did. I did see that He wanted a tag team partner after it was done. And, uh, yeah, he shut it down. Yeah, they they had a big match coming up later that weekend. So they didn't want to kill each other. Exactly right. Like, um, but yeah, it was by the end, like, yeah, it was, it was a massacre and that, that had to be done. So it, again, another cool, interesting finish that hadn't been done throughout the entire tournament and giving that legitimacy, like, Hey, there's an opportunity here for other people to get involved and stop that. Absolutely. Good variety. As I've said before with this tournament. Yeah. Fast variety. Keep it rolling. Uh, then we're on to the semifinal on the other side. By God, Reed Bentley defeating no flinch Nolan Edward. Wow. Uh, sliding forearm. It was, again, um, that story of Nolan coming in, looking like he'd been through hell, wearing the badge of, like, every match he'd ever had and coming in uh, against Reed, who'd obviously been through a war uh, with John Wayne Murdoch, but was definitely looking fresher than he was. And these two men, like, like they, that could headline any show anywhere, you know, yeah, like the chemistry could. between the two was killer, dude. Yeah, absolutely. This is a match that could easily, you could easily make it a death match. You could easily make it just a technical wrestling match. You can make it anything you want. This is what you got for. So if you pay the price of admission for this, you'd be damned and saying that, um, this was a bar burner to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, it didn't, it didn't hurt Edward in any way because like he was telling the story like the whole time of being a one-armed man, you know, like he was wrestling one-handed and uh, one-armed and like pushing through it and stuff like that. So the fact that he could even get to the semifinals and then verse like a, a Reed Bentley, who was definitely on his game. um, There was not really, uh, much more that could be asked of him. And then afterwards, Reed put him over huge. Um, and it was like a really cool time. Um, absolutely loved it. I would say maybe, well, it's hard to pick a favorite of the thing, but one of my matches of the the entire tournament. Um, then there's a little bit of fuckery goes on to give the um, finalists a chance to get their shit together. Yeah. And like John Wayne Murdoch, um, with uh, messing about with Brandon Kirk and Casey Kirk. But it's worth mentioning because it was a great finisher where John Wayne Murdoch literally brain busters Casey Kirk through Brandon Kirk through a chair. <laughs> um, shout out to Casey Cattall and Brandon Kirk. They're both people I love, respect, are mutual with. They're just great people. But man, they make me hate what they do at times. They're insufferable on the mic. They are just the worst, but also the best. And Casey always seems to find herself in some really bad predicament, whether it be thrown into a wall by Pero and No Peace, whether it be getting absolutely put through a table with her husband on it at no holds barred, whether it be this or that. Uh, I think at one point, like she she is always hurt in some weird way. And, but she is as badass as they come. And John Wayne really gave the two of them an ass kicking. Plain simple. 
you know, to get back a bit of heat. He had a, a lot coming up with no odds, but 12, and he'd just been beaten by Reed. So it gets everybody to see how good the Duke really is. Um, then in the finals, my last win of the night, it is the King of the North defeating Reed Bentley. I knew at this point well and truly that I had won the contest because it was both my guys in the final. Um, and dude, again, headline anywhere. Absolute barn burner. These dudes killed it, man. Um, what do you what do you do in the end? He he finished him with like an Olympic sa- uh, Olympic slam onto a pile of chairs. So it was brutal. He was pouncing him through walls like it was. It was really physical, man. Did you uh, did you think it would be what it was? Um, I mean. It's Dan Moff. He's just a he's a freaking brick. I mean, the guy just you you hit him once and like he takes your energy and like throws it back at you. So I mean, Reed had a really tall hill to climb. This wasn't his normal environment, and we we got what we got. Dan Moff being the winner of um the pit fire battle, of the tough guys tournament. I mean. He, he he earned his place as a cornerstone of ICW No Holds Barred a while ago, but this really was his shining moment. He didn't really have much to hold on to, so I think I'm hoping that going forward he's like the standard torchbearer of pit fighter. Yeah, like, exactly. And I think like, sure, really fine. like yeah. sure he can do the No Holds Barred stuff, he can do the chains, but pit fighter's his domain. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Exactly. And that, I think that's the way it's going to go to because on the No Holds Barred show uh, that would then follow No Holds Barred 12, uh, he would then, uh, and he asked for it after this this uh, entire tournament. He's like, there's one more thing I've got to do or whatever. Yeah. He is like, I think Nolan Edward uh, deserves a second round. And so he's like, I want Nolan Edward in the next, uh, at the next No Holds Barred. And they versed each other again. Uh, and Nolan Edward, despite all his injuries of the entire weekend, managed to eke out the win. Uh, and so that was really cool. And so even though he took that huge victory, really the entire Battle of the Tough Guys tournament, kind of in my eyes, was actually the story of Nolan Edward. Yeah. Because even though he didn't win the tournament, he would then go on to beat the winner of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives that any man can win kind of feel, but even though through all his injuries and stuff like that, he was really the guy um, to, to wear it all at the end, you know? And I thought that was a really cool story. They, they told, they built it all around him. He was working from underneath. He was carrying injury and he managed to, to pull it out and overcome his adversary. And then, Dan Muff said so many nice things about him on the mic. Dan likes to talk on the mic, I've noticed. He loves to talk uh, on the mic, man. It's Dan Muff. I also love watching him talk on the mic because, like, when he's saying it, he just believes it, you know? Like, he's just saying it with all the passion. Like, he, he, he has his, like, yeah, like he, he has his growly, bellowy voice. He's like, this is the guy right here, man. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we're fucking... Mad <laughs> shit. And it's like, okay, then, man, what you uh, but it's then like, he was like, that orphan shit isn't bullshit. He has like, has no one, but he needs to know that we're his family and all this. And then Nolan's sitting there at the end. He's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to say after all that? <laughs> like, he was like, thanks, I guess. Yeah, right. He's like, okay. Can yeah, I exactly. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was already done, but you know, he couldn't be put over anymore. Um, but all in all, I hope they they do this annually. I love the pace of the tournament. I love the variety in it. Uh, all the fight, it was an anyone could win type thing, and I, I felt like it was how to do like a really fun, last two episode tournament. Yeah, and I, I do. I want to say one thing. I mean, yes, it was positive. I do wish they did this maybe like two nights, just to kind of like ease up on the schedule but yeah. at the same time you would have I mean, more and they could have had more definitely had more time like exactly because i mean yes like you had your schedule you're constrained to your schedule i understand but i think like giving it two nights you give them rest you're able to then again it's wrestlemania week you're not getting rest you're not getting rest even if you want rest you're you're resting by putting some water on your head and just going out there five, 20 minutes later so 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that is the end of the Battle of the Pit Fighters tournament. <laughs> I am the victor. Lauren is the loser. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about your charity, my friend. So, we, if, we so, so if I were to win, I would have asked for you to donate to a charity very close to me. So to give a little context, my I have a twin brother who um, is on the autistic spectrum and I have worked oh. with children with autism before in my life. I have, I always have found ways. So I just give me one second while I pull up the autism charity that I was going to use, but it was going to be to that because I mean, I just feel we can always help out um, those. So I wasn't actually going to donate to the miracle project. So I mean, yes, I lost, but um, I I still love to announce the fact that I would have donated to had you donate to the Miracle Project, um, yeah, an incredible exactly. autism what, what charity. The, um, what's the address of that one, my friend? What? Or a website address for that? Oh, I was gonna look it up. Actually, sorry, I'm just making sure I have this all up. <laughs> so, Miracle Project. Okay, you knew I'd won. So there was <laughs> to have it up. But I think it's important that we share these. Yeah. Uh, so, but um. Let me just have that up real quick. The Miracle Project. It was the as the Miracle Project dot org. That is the okay. way. The Miracle Project dot org. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, if like, if anyone wants to donate yeah. to them as well, please do. Like, there are some autistic charities that I've heard that do, don't actually put their money towards um, assisting children or yeah. people with autism. But the Miracle Project yeah. definitely is one that I would put my money towards too, and that that is that. So again, but um, I am the loser, so I am the one who's going to be donating to your charity of choice. What is the charity that I will be donating to, Rafe? Okay, so there, there was lots to choose from, but in the end, I went with this one just because it's one I recently heard about, and it's one that the uh, the owner of my business is very passionate about, and and has stuff to do with personally. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the charity is called waterforafrica.com.au. Oh. Now, this, this is a 100% non-for-profit charity. Uh, my my mentor and, and owner, Kudge, can vouch for this. As he, he knows people that are in the charity and work in it. Uh, anybody that works for it takes absolutely no money or no cents from anything. It's all 100% to water for Africa. Their salary is actually paid by uh, some wealthy investor or something, you know, that that wants it up, carries them. So everything that all the money uh, for this um, goes straight into it. And what they do is they go uh, to Africa and now I've never been, but they, they dig wells uh, and help like start communities and reinvigorate communities, which is really interesting because the, the the onset of what that means for them is so much more than just, oh, we've got some more water here. You know what I mean? These, mm-hmm. these are countries where it's hard for them to do that. You would have um, girls and uh, women and stuff walking, you know, four or five hours to go get water and then come back. And then on the way of doing that as their only job for the day, they'd uh, inevitably, uh, you know, be attacked or be raped and then they'd be pregnant and then yeah. like an on the spiral would go and then they would get uh, neglected from their community because they're not a virgin anymore. All this horrible, horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. But with them going there, building wells, helping do water, they can then keep people in the villages. They can then help with education uh, and uh, and all these things. And, and they, they really go in there and do hands-on work in communities and make a difference. And so, like I said, I've never been there. I'm not somebody that has personal experience with the charity, but uh, in hearing uh, somebody that I trust talk about it uh, in a very passionate way and something that our business is going to do like a lot more with, I just wanted to shine light on that. But either charity is like an amazing, uh, good thing. So if anybody out there wants to reach in their pockets and throw money to either charity, I think that would be a great thing to do. Absolutely. And it would mean that the battle of the tough guys uh, there's also a bit of the battle of the nice guys as we uh, give over to, um, you know, people that, that need our assistance and maybe aren't doing as well as yeah, we are. Absolutely. Um, so what what is, is there a website as well? Oh, they do. I'm sorry. It is waterforafrica.com.au. Okay, awesome. So I'll be definitely 
heading that up. I'm going to be donating, I believe, twenty dollars to that charity. Going to be uh, well, the I, nice... think, I think whatever. I don't think amounts matter or anything like that. Well, I, I'm I just think, I'm uh, just confirming with you. I'm going to be donating twenty dollars yeah, yeah. of the exactly. year. That's so generous, know? man. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm a philan- I'm a philanthropist at heart. So when I decided, when I proposed the idea to Rafe to donate to charity, he was not surprised. I was like, you know what? Let's make this fun. Let's make this like we're giving back. We're not just podcasters here, guys. We're not just people who love wrestling and all that. Like we we want to help out the world in any way, shape, or form we can. And I think with what we're doing here today, we 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 are definitely going to be accomplishing that. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, we've already had words on Twitter, and we're already thinking about other times we're going to go head to head. So keep an eye we'll out see. for that, and we'll, we'll, we'll probably see mistakes we'll on the see. line. We'll <laughs> see. He's maybe learned his lesson. <laughs> in- <laughs> but um, again, Ray, thank you for being the scorekeeper. Thank you for being the one who kept up with us. I know we both had a lot, a lot of wrestling to watch, and you you made this really happen. Of course. Um, for those of you who um, are new or are interested in what Rafe does with Faces and Feels podcast, go head up his podcast. It's awesome. Has some really great stuff. Of course, if you guys are fans of Deathmatch Yonder, he has talked with several members of their crew. Of course, to Jay, to Aaron, to Joel Bateman, who I still stand by as one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, he has done stuff with them. He has done stuff with Richie Taylor of DMDU. He has done a lot of great interviews all around the wrestling landscape. Um, I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to come on your show, but as well, I've given you the opportunity to come on your dose of death to an entire brand new American audience who are going to be like, who is Rafe Houston? He is the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend behind faces and fields podcast. So Thank you. That's so kind. Thank you to anybody that listened to this episode. Uh, It was super fun. Uh, If you don't really know the story, Lauren kind of hit me up out of nowhere and we put together the first episode, like within like 24 hours notice, just like, Hey, this would be fun. This is happening. And then we became friends over the course of doing that, that interview on my show. And then now we message each other all the time and we're talking (laughs) death map and stuff and podcasts, bringing people together. So anybody that wants to check out faces and feels, I do everything. It's not just death match. I'll touch on new japan i'll talk aw if it grabs my fancy whatever yeah. independent stuff i'm just sharing love of you know wrestling Rest, in wrestling in general like I, and i yes exactly. i do have a deathmatch wrestling podcast but i do love my wrestling so anything anything to talk about wrestling absolutely yeah, exactly. And it's just sharing that with everybody. So if you're interested in uh, checking out the show, like I said, you can find it on all uh, your good podcast providers. Uh, you can find us on social media at Faces Feels Cast. Um, so, oh, actually, hang on, wait. No, it's at Faces Feels on Instagram and Twitter. Or if you want to send me an email or you're somebody that wants to come on the show or you want anything like that, it's Faces Feels Cast at gmail.com. There you go. Gosh. I always mess them up, but that's it. <laughs> Well, glad I was able to give you that platform. And I mean, you beat me to it. I usually like to la- ask everyone when we're near the end of a topic, the, I give them the room to chat and just be like, promote themselves. You did that without even me asking. Dude, when, so. when you're like normally a host, it's hard to just not go on your normal spiel. Absolutely. So I'm, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm finding, I found it really difficult to not be like, just run it away with it just because I'm used to having to lead, lead my own show. But Man, I really appreciate your time. It's been killer getting to know you. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk, my dude. No, this will not. Um, definitely have some more in line. We'll be definitely chatting it up, especially by, by June. That's for sure. Um, maybe something in June we're going to talk about. Maybe, maybe a couple of somethings in June. Maybe a couple of somethings in June. I don't know mm-hmm. yet. But, mm-hmm. the, but alas, um, as I said, I'm going to be donating to um, Water for Africa. Um, as I said, twenty dollars because I am just that damn charitable. I am just that nice of a guy. Um, I want to be like that. That's not like just me saying it. Like I genuinely do care. So, um, with that being said, guys, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Your Dose of Death podcast from from Rafe Houston, Lauren Rosenberg. We are signing off. Good night, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week.
This has been a Countout Podcast.